Welcome to another commissioned podcast by Bald Move. Uh, I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And we had, uh, how do you pronounce his name? Shiki. Shiki? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Shiki commissioned a podcast on Murphy's Law, which is a BBC crime procedural, kind of, crime drama slash procedural per, per serial <laughs> per serial that'll that'll work yeah uh it's not i guess your typical procedural like a csi or a law and order or something mm-hmm. has some bigger arcs running through it uh we were commissioned to watch season three episode one and two and we did so we also accidentally watched season one pilot and episode one yes so i'll I probably miss- be comparing yeah. Those two things, because the show changes a lot between the it does. early seasons and the season three that we are covering. I think the easy comparison is justified. And okay. The, and the first season, it had a certain kind of sensibility and a look and a feel and a certain procedural. Yeah. With a little bit of mythos arc serialized stuff running through it. And then s- season two was high, highly serialized with very few of the kind of gangster of the week stories. Mm-hmm. This kind of season one felt like it was mostly standalone stuff. And then season two felt like it was a serialized arc, but they also had this interesting framework where the big bad in the first episode yeah. seemed like uh, to um, get Murphy to prove his mettle sent him on errands essentially just mm-hmm. farmed him out to other gangs that he was affiliated with and then he got in problems with that that then maybe directly tied back to the main case but if, at any rate it was kind of busy work for for him to do while the main plot was kind of put on pause for that week yeah and to keep him loosely tied to uh the big bad what's his name Ca- call collar collard yeah. uh collard i think, yeah. it's, I think it's collard yeah um and he's like you said the big bad and it kind of all revolves around him and his missions the first episode we watched was actually you know the setting up of this collared guy and mm-hmm. and getting him into that crime organization why does the cops want him yep. what are the stakes who are his henchmen uh we should say that murphy is a uh undercover police officer in britain yeah let's talk a little bit about him um undercover police officer if you hadn't seen season one and you only saw season three, you would not really know that he is haunted by the death of his wife and kid, uh, his wife I, and daughter. I'm not entirely sure that even his wife is dead. I know that she's oh, really? out of the picture, okay. but I, I, I'm, I'm not sure if they mentioned that in the season one. They definitely mentioned like they that did. his child. It does also felt like it was loosely related or maybe directly related to the troubles in Ireland. Sure. Yeah, I think. He was doing some bombing, or someone bombed him and yeah. his family. Yeah, bad news all around. Or I bet and so, Irish revolutionaries just don't like policemen in general. That kind of gives you a premise for why he would be interested in doing these missions, right? Yeah. Otherwise, he's just some lunatic who doesn't mind being in severely dangerous situations. It also reminded me a lot in that aspect of uh, True Detective, the Russ Cole character. Uh huh. Had a death of a child. As a direct result, his family life fell apart, and he's this haunted person that kind of has a death wish. Mm -hmm. And if he wants to die anyway, instead of blowing his head off, he's deciding that he'll just, you know, let the world take him out. He'll be the bomb defusing (laughs) robot that will take the, you know, that'll spare the actual human lives that 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 give a damn. Sure, because that's that's a fairly noble goal, right? I feel like yes. Um, 
here's the thing. This guy does not give one fuck about anything except for blowing the case because of his or someone around him stupidity. That would bother him. Oh, yeah. Okay. I but them, you know, and I don't think uh, – I mean, just think of all the crazy – at least once an episode, someone puts a gun to his head mm-hmm. and accuses him of being an undercover cop, and he kind of talks his way out of it, usually by not giving a fuck. Sure. Uh, he got a little nervous when Collar did that to him. I don't think – yeah, I, I don't like uh, – um, are you talking about – In the sauna. Oh, see, I think the t- only time I saw him really rattled is when the – I believe he's a gypsy – uh-huh. They're out in the middle of nowhere, living in the Jesus Gypsy, living in, yeah, living in mobile mobile homes or caravans, and they actually have carnival rides out there. I'm pretty comfortable calling him a gypsy. Sure. When he doused his face with lighter fluid and yeah, yeah, held yeah. a lighter, that that because I don't think you he know lost his shit there. Dying and getting shot in the face is one thing. Burning to death is something else. Yeah, yeah. Just having your face burnt off. That seemed like it really did give him pause. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about. One thing I, I I'll just put up front. I found it very hard to this this I find this show very hard to access because everyone speaks <laughs> in incredibly thick accents. Yeah, like Murphy an, has a thick Irish. Irish accent. what is not it's not a brogue, it's just an I I don't know what you call it. I don't know either. But you know, it's it's a thick Irish accent. A lot of his fellow police officers have that. A lot of the gangsters are either thick Coxney, thick Scottish, thick a- um, mm-hmm. and we didn't have subtitles available because we were looking, there's not a lot of places you can find this, uh, if you don't want to just like get it on DVD through Netflix. Um, there's not a lot of places that have this and the places we did find didn't offer subtitles. So I think you can get it on watch series LT, but <laughs> okay. I'm not re- Probably I, I, completely illegal. Yeah. It's quasi, <laughs> like I said, it's not exactly a, 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 the pirate bay, but it's probably not legit either. I doubt people are getting it's paid like, for their performances, et cetera. It's like popcorn, right? Popcorn time. Popcorn time. Yeah. You know what that is? No. Uh, it's, we'll not talk about it here. Okay. A lot of people will go pirate a bunch of shit if we do. Uh, Anyway, yeah, so it, the we've talked about a little bit about Murphy and his backstory uh-huh. and what kind of guy he is. Um, maybe we should talk about how the show has changed a little bit because, like I said, we did watch the first couple of episodes. It was almost lighthearted in those first couple of episodes, a lot of joking. Um, it was it was less, less pithy, I guess. Yeah. Uh, they didn't – not everybody had a one-liner comeback – uh, on top of the the one liner that was just spouted, plus I felt like there was more kind of like a romance angle. Almost every episode there was. Yeah, a little yeah. he bit was of, trying to be the Irish James Bond. Yeah, he right? there was an attractive female involved that he would never successfully, but kind of you know work his <laughs> uh, his gift of gab on them. And there was a lot of just more silly stuff like there. Uh, the plot in the first, the pilot revolved around him winning a four wheeler race. Oh God! And yeah, I think he beat Terry Hatcher for that race. Uh, on the <laughs> on the strength of that, he got promoted to the as the gang's driver. Yeah, yeah, you can drive a four wheeler, you can drive a car, right? In traffic and all that, and I, you know, so that was kind of silly. Um, mm-hmm. He had a lot more quips. Yeah, yeah, and just he he was smiling every once in a while, right? Right. Uh, whereas in season three, it gets very dark, literally dark. They take the lighting down. 
Um, a lot of stuff happens at night. It looks grittier. A lot of stuff happens at night. Uh, the subject matter is maybe a little more gritty. He's, oh, yeah. He's the, selling guns. I don't remember in the first season. I could be wrong. I don't remember them using the F word. Um, that, yeah, that might be true. I certainly I don't, don't remember as much blood. And Yeah, yeah. <laughs> excuse me. As many uh, host sneezes. Uh, as as much, you know, it's kind of, you know, gritty. I, I guess that's the way it went. It went really nourish and gritty. Yeah. Um, his hair was less silly. That's the thing. Like, okay, one, all right, all right, all right. Of... we'll hire you, but you have got to cut your hair. Right, right. You get, you're looking like a crazed man out there. He looked like a bald and Kramer from Seinfeld. <laughs> you need to look. In season one. More like Freddie Mercury. That's what we're really looking for. I mean, he looks identical. He does. He looks like <laughs> Freddie Mercury as a fireman in season in series three. Essentially, yeah. Um, but deadly serious. Oh yeah. No, uh, that's that's another thing. The show, like I said, got more serious uh, along with its visual aspects. The tone got more serious. Uh, some other good things I enjoyed is there's a lot. This is kind of a who's who of. Uh, other british guys you know it is yeah like michael fassbender sure just before he got famous like mm-hmm. really famous appears as a young punk in uh this uh collard's gang mm-hmm. kind of like his recruiter kind of like whatever. a number two yeah kind of but yeah. he's he, he's got like a douchey haircut and he's got douchey earrings yep. and he's dressing like a 1990s era color me bad Mm-hmm. Uh, like some, boy. some teenager off Boy Meets World or something. Yeah, uh, Corey's brother. But you can definitely tell he's got some chops. I mean, yeah, he's yeah. got a lot of charisma. He brings a lot to performance. Um, Sir Alistair Thorne from Game of Thrones. I don't know what the yep. guy's name is, but the ball buster drill sergeant up at the wall uh, makes an appearance as one of Murphy's handlers mm-hmm. uh, on the force in season three. Uh a lot more that I recognized and didn't right, you know, weren't able to Google, but those are the ones that I kind of remember from up front. Uh, you will recognize on a on an episode by episode basis somebody famous from British television or theater, or people that have gone on to become famous. Yeah, um, I, I feel like there are maybe some other minor people who we've been introduced to. Yeah, in the the intervening years. But like I don't pretty, know their names. I I'm pretty can't sure the them. the hapless driver that got Murphy all pissed off in the second episode. I'm mm. pretty sure he was the young priest in the Fifth Element. Oh was yeah, like the main yeah, yeah. priest to Bilbo Baggins. That's a rough life. Yeah, like this guy's seen some hard years since Fifth Element. Yeah, I mean he's he's <laughs> I've probably gained approximately that much weight in in between me seeing Fifth Element and me seeing Murphy's Law. <laughs> okay. So I can't judge him too Fair harshly. Enough. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, and then there's maybe maybe another person from Game of Thrones. Oh no, I know, um, Mr. Mosley, Mr. Mosley from oh, Downton yeah. Abbey was Electric Bill. He was a In serial killer, one, yeah. Which is w- character whiplash if you come from Game of Thrones, <laughs> where he's just a hapless idiot. What Downton Abbey, right? Um, yeah, yeah sorry, yeah. Downton Thrones game game of Downton. <laughs> um, you either win or you butler. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, seeing him go from that to this, I guess he plays a little bit of a hapless, but he uses that as a disguise. It's very kind of uh, Kevin Spacey's verbal character from mm-hmm. uh, The Usual Suspects. Uh, what else? When I could understand mm-hmm. the jokes, they were funny. Yeah, yeah. I, I like his some of his colloquialisms as a man who plays a lot himself. His whole, uh, 
you know, a, bo- a bird and a hand leaves shite in the palm uh-huh. and stuff yep, like yep. Uh, of that sort. It's good. Good words of wisdom, life advice. I like uh, that cocaine has absolutely zero effect on zero. both Murphy and Michael Aspender's character. Yeah, they, like they both take it like champs. They snort a rail, and then there's no change in facial expression, no. demeanor. Anything. Same when they smoke weed. Like, Same, yep. Literally, they never change their demeanor. Yep. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's what he looked like when he had sex with his coworker. When did that happen? That happened oh, after. Oh yeah, that was in the s- episode one of the series three. I think so. Yeah, where they were, sp- you know, they were supposed to be playing a couple. They're supposed to be playing a couple, and then they really sold it. Yeah, yeah, they went all out with that. <laughs> Good job, guys. Well, she uh, has a uh, a Freddie Mercury fireman fetish, <laughs> and it was like eating a Reese's cup. You know, two great tastes taste great together. She sure. couldn't resist. So the. We kind of talked about the plot of episode one and the plot of episode two a little bit. I don't think we need to go fully into those other than to say, like, they're clearly setting up a bigger confrontation at the end of the season uh, between these guys. And they're just kind of milking it throughout season three, which is weird considering how short the seasons are because they're only six episodes at that point. And I think there's some that has like three or four. There are. Yeah. That. You know, it always made sense that, like, when Justified or, of course, Law and Order or even X-Files, you know, mm-hmm. they'd have their the story they clearly wanted to tell. And then they'd have Gangster of the Week or uh, Monster of the Week episodes. It's very unclear to me why, if they wanted to deal with Murphy getting down and dirty with this collared guy, yeah. they have a basically series of three Grand Theft Auto-style missions for him to go on before they get yeah. on with the main plot. So weird. You have, like, what seems as a perfect package for delivering a concise compelling story uh and it doesn't seem like they're taking advantage of it that certainly episode two didn't need to happen um as far as i can tell the only thing that really changed is the relationship between holloway's sister uh or holloway's husband Uh and murphy yeah, so that's the that's the one obvious tie, and I wonder if this if we watch the whole season if it would become clear because that directly connected the two plots together. Uh, they, you know, Holloway. It doesn't seem like there was a reason for them for Collard to kill him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he claimed he was cheating on his wife. And that he was didn't. we know Holloway. that he didn't, right? No, no. He seemed like he was genuinely dedicated to the gypsy woman. And then in the second episode, we get to know more about his widow. She doesn't know that he's yeah. not really dead, that this was an yes. elaborate hoax played on the gangsters for uh, by the police. Yep. They pretended to kill a man, got it on film, security camera as proof. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe the third and the fourth errands are going to still somehow connect and we'll find out what how exactly this guy screwed up or maybe – Somehow they're trying to get the deed to this club the guy was running for him, or mm. that that was going to be a front for they needed it to move heroin through. Or I, yeah, I don't the really gym. know. I think it was a gym that he yeah. was managing. Yeah, um, it seems like the there are a couple of tying plot threads between the two episodes, and I assume they'll do the same for the next few episodes until they get to the finale and it all comes crashing down. Sure, sure, uh, and probably crashing down for the bad guys. I don't see Murphy getting taken out in season three of at least a four season no. show. <laughs> no. Um, you know, some tropey things were on display here, too. I mean, number one, first and foremost, is every episode a gun will be stuck in his face and they'll accuse him of being a cop. And every single time he'll be sure. able to talk himself out of it. Yeah. Which I guess isn't that impl- implausible. He's dealing with some nasty people. And, you know, they're just basically testing his metal. Sure. And he always goes like, you know, fine. 
See if, you, if, if you can find someone else to get you this many guns for three thousand dollars, and you know you're welcome to it. And he, you know, in the end, criminals like ah, uh, you know, they're greedy. Sure. Um, but the other thing is, he Jedi mind tricks underlings all the fucking time. Like boss oh, yeah. man says, don't let this guy out of your sight. And the guy, you know, guy gets up and leaves. Murphy's left behind with his goon. Murphy gets up, and the goon's like, "Where do you think you're going?" Murphy's like, I got to go do something. Mm-hmm. And the guy starts to go with him. And, he, and he's like, look here, man. You want the guns or not? You want the guns <laughs> or not? This is my thing. This is the, I got to do it on my own, blah, blah, blah. And just completely backs the guy down. So th- he puts him in a corner, right? He's saying, basically, your boss told you not to let me out of your sight, but I'm not going to do the job and you'll ruin your boss's plans if you don't let me out of your sight. What's the henchman to do? If I was the henchman, I'd be like, I don't care what you said. My boss told me to do this, and but you can't I go back got, to your boss. And I say, got my orders. Listen, boss, I followed him. He told me not to because he was going to quit the job if I did. He quit the job because I followed him. So you told me to follow him. I, it's just too, I've ruined your job. Yeah, I it's, know. And they always like, he, it's a catch twenty two. They also had ways where it's like cell phones weren't working because they're in yeah, the yeah. rural part of England or Ireland or wherever the hell they were. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I guess it makes more sense in hindsight. Sure, you can't just call up the boss and ask him. Being an undercover cop must be nerve wracking. Oh, I can't even imagine. Because we've seen in all crime shows like how paranoid crooks are to the extent that. Um, you know, one of the big things in The Wire is a lot of their downfall is the fact that the loyalty really only want, runs one way. The guys on top, as mm. soon as they're they almost have a reason to suspect somebody, no evidence, just a feeling or a hunch or, well, somebody's talking. They just start yeah. offing people. Uh, the actually yeah. be the rat that is a cop in that environment must be hellacious, especially since apparent, as far as I know. This guy's using his real name, and he's living in his real apartment while he's working for the bad guys. He is. He's using his real name. They looked up his name, and they came, and they tried to beat his ass in his apartment. Yeah. Uh, I'm just thinking, like, you know, what if he had a paste of from the police department laying on his door? It's a terrible idea. Or what if they Googled, uh, you know, Murphy, Thomas Murphy. Oh, graduated from the police academy back in 97. Yeah. It's... He's like a spectacularly bad idea not to have. Plus, with all of the crimes that he's solved, he's got to be all over the papers. Yeah. It's like, hero saves city or some shit. Yeah, I don't know. I Because I did some... I, this bothered Maybe me enough, I actually did undercovers. some research. Yeah. And there was one thread that was on, like, straight dope, and it's the internet, so who knows? They could be making this stuff up that said that if you ever read... You know, you ever hear of like a big bust or, you know, some crime going down and it's like hotly covered for four or five days and it just goes away. Mm-hmm. It's never mentioned again. You never hear about a trial or anything. It's 90 percent of the time. It was like some kind of undercover operation. Interesting. So in that and then like what happens after they roll that up, they build them a new in, uh, in, uh undercover cops that are that undercover. They like ship across country, different parts of the country, because yeah, for yeah. that for that very reason, and it is kind of like a solitary lone wolf existence. I mean, to go yeah. build this thing and live this life for months at a time, you kind of have to. I'm sure these guys don't have families and 
things of that nature. And it's mostly thankless too, right? Because yeah, you probably won't get that much press on purpose. Certainly, like you're not going to get awards. Maybe and when you and, retire, yeah, you'll get something. But you know, do you really want to paint yourself as that big a target too in your sure. retirement? So yeah, it's kind of like being an intelligence agent. Yeah, uh, yeah, you might get a CIA intelligence star, but it's going to be sealed up and no one will ever know <laughs> until fifty years after you died. So. Uh-huh. Uh, it is, you have to be wired a certain kind of way. Or have your wife and kid blown up. Right, that can rewire you. You can be wired one way and get rewired that way. Um, The the other thing that really changed is the intro to this show, which was surprising because the pilot had almost no intro. Uh, The first episode, the first real episode, had an intro, but it was themed kind of to the episode itself. Like it had the guy, it had Electric Bill on the phone talking, uh, kind of a narration over cop cars driving, and it had like this kind of audio meter going up and down mm-hmm. while he was talking, and they used that as kind of an intro. Sure. This has just a set intro. Like you're going to see credits, you're going to see handcuffs being thrown across the table, you're going to see mug shots, all the standard crime drama procedural stuff. Yeah. So very different tone there as well. Do we have what else we want to talk about? Because we have some feedback from uh, Shiki himself. Uh, I think we're good on the main stuff. Let's let's dig into his stuff. So he wanted us to kind of explore the concept of crime shows and what makes good crime shows, what makes bad crime shows. Okay. And I want to say historically, we're not really fans of crime shows, except for depends on what you mean. Let's define a crime show. Is Bre- okay? Law and Order crime show. Yeah. NYPD Blue, crime show. Crime show. True Detective. Crime show. Breaking Bad. Not a crime show. Why isn't it a crime show? I think I've narrowed it down to the plot has to be almost entirely focused on the good guys trying to stop the crime. Huh. I I mean, maybe, unless you consider like a heist movie like Ocean's Eleven a crime show, but I don't. Hmm. Okay. Because they're ostensibly the bad guys, even though we're rooting for them. So I think when we say crime show, we usually mean cop show. We do, yeah. But we also call, like, um, uh, Ocean's Eleven as a heist film or a caper film. I feel like that they're really one and the same. It just depends on which the focus is. Yeah, there's a a distinction there. A crime or slash cop show is the emphasis is on the good guys catch solving a variety of crimes. and. Uh, and we can see the bad guys doing their thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not the main focus. Like in The Wire... Well, there's the... There's it's, a, it's weird. That's a neat edge case. I definitely... It really a, is. It's a crime show. It is about crime, yes. But, but you can't call it a cop show and you can't call it a heist show because it's almost equal time. Yeah. It shows move, counter move, measure, counter measure. The cops are doing this, the criminals do this because they evolve yeah, yeah. and adapt. And it kind of uses that to highlight how overmatched and wrongheaded the tactics of the police are but yet it also shows a bunch of wrongheaded bad tactics on the case of the the drug dealers as well absolutely and it evolves over time too right season one is mostly about the criminals Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh season like three is mostly about the police and this like season four doc scandal arguably is about the these public schools and how the next generation comes about um and preventing the crime it's it's crazy it's just an edge case. I think like Breaking Bad is shot from the criminals' side, but it's not really about the crime. Itself. I think the defining thing of a crime show and or a heist or caper is also the the 
emphasis on the mechanics over the characters. Absolutely. And now I don't know how Murphy goes, but Murphy is just dude with a very sketched backstory that gives us enough that we understand that he's got nothing to lose, mm-hmm. and he plays by his own rules and all those other cop cliches. It's a lose character. But it's also about how he gets one lead from another, how he interrogates people, how he wins their confidence. And mm-hmm. you're interested more in the hows and the and the whats than you are in the whos and the whys. And that's probably the difference between a procedural and a drama, honestly. Hmm. Because I think the difference between procedural and serial is just the procedural is – law and order is a procedural. It's the proceduraliest procedure to ever proceed a procedure. <laughs> Certainly. CSI. Super like you, procedural. You can go into any one of those and, yeah, maybe uh, there will be a very special episode where someone gets a new character quirk. Yeah, yeah. That then they might acknowledge – Now I always wear sunglasses. Right. Now they might <laughs> acknowledge that later on, you know – Whatever it might be, something that they bring out sure. for finales. You know, someone's got a major antagonist, whatever. Yeah. But yeah. for the most part, every episode is the characters don't change in between it. It's just different. There, their cogs running through a different machine. I, I think the opposite side of the coin on procedural is drama, though, not serialized, serialized drama. Oh, really? Uh, because it's well, there's a couple of different angles you could approach it from. Because the serialized shows are mostly dramas because they're developing characters as an arc not necessarily just the plot okay um not it with the serialized show how can you really go each week showing the procedure you can't right hmm. i don't know you show them following leads and doing i mean it's all about police work but it's you know like true detective mm-hmm. was not about the cases so much as it about the men and how it affected them and their home lives and their personal lives. I guess it's where the focus is. The The focus in a drama is on the characters. Okay. There is no drama in procedure, right? Okay. The focus with procedural is on how they get to a different place in the plot. Okay. That's where I see it. But I don't know that you can do a serialized procedural, so serialized drama might be the only thing that you can do. Well, but there's some. I think some combinations don't fit, like, uh, like seri- a serialized comedy. <laughs> yeah, are almost none of them are. I mean, Louis, even Louis doesn't even have he he expressly doesn't have continuity. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they're sometimes there, but it's there's no Louis canon. It's incidental. Yeah, and same thing in Friends. I mean, yeah, people's relationships kind of drift and change, but again, you could go and sit and watch any individual Friends episode in a yeah. vacuum. And enjoy it. 95% of the person has watched them all. Now try that with Breaking Bad in like season four. Yeah, just you're going to have drop no in idea. and enjoy the fly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No warm up, no background information. Just sure. just run with that and see how it treats you. And I, you Pretty know, badly. Um, I'm trying to think of others like that. Um, I don't know. Breaking Bad might be a bad example because I. I suspect that each individual episode is fairly entertaining without any – most of the time is going to be entertaining without understanding a lot of what's going on. It could be just because the acting's so good. There's so much action in it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you could be right. So we basically haven't defined a crime drama or a, a crime show, but everybody knows them when they see them. But I, I do say this. Here's what, here's what I am looking for in a crime heist whatever. Yeah. I want – like some twists and turns, but I want them to proceed logically, but I also want them to occur in such a way that I 
feel clever if I can figure it out before the show does. Okay. Okay. Sure. Um, so, um, what do you consider lost? It's certainly serialized. Lost it's is certainly a drama, but it is also a procedural. Lost right? is bait. And, lost is bait and switch. It's it's uh, it's similar to the X Files and similar to a lot of these okay. other kind of mystery shows where they just kind of jerk you around. Mm-hmm. Um, a good example of that cinematically is the Usual Suspects. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Usual Suspects is this kind of circle jerk where at the end you kind of flash back and realize nothing was as it seemed. But it's a cheat because yeah. there's nothing. The movie gave no tells that you were being lied to the whole time. That's We found the same to be true of the Electric Bill episode. Yeah. Season one, episode one of Murphy's Law. Was very usual suspect Like at the end they show a flashback of the guy's face uh, around the hostage. Yeah. Okay. Well, I couldn't have seen that coming. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, there was a little bit of hints about where it was going, you know, with the doctor, the track marks on his arm and stuff like that. But they didn't connect it well enough. No. Um, but there's other shows that I enjoy that don't kind of like play by similar rules. Like, for example, I don't know why Ocean's Eleven I really like. I think you like Ocean's Eleven because they're, they didn't cheat. They were honest. They just sh- didn't show you the right angles on everything. Okay. But they showed you the scene. Yeah, the scene in it, uh, when you play back the events in your mind, it's kind of like, yeah, that all tracks through. Like, they had the little acrobat guy under the sheet or right. in the safe. Like, you, you understand, okay, I guess, you know, I, I didn't have x-ray vision, but those things happened. Like, for example, happened. if at the very end of the movie you find out that Terry, uh, the uh, Garcia character, yeah. uh, if he was in on it. <laughs> that's right. a usual suspects move like yeah. oh we blew your mind he's actually you know stole his own money for some plot that we didn't even know about sure um he takes off the george clooney mask and it's yeah, andy garcia it's andy garcia underneath yep. uh, that's kind of <laughs> annoying uh and i also feel like really good shows do like a three-part reveal like they get okay. a hint that the really sharp people can pick up on yeah, yeah and yeah. now on the internet this is the thing is the internet like with collective geniuses out there you do this three-part reveal and it dissolves if anyone's on the internet everyone knows everything yeah but then there's a second one where like an average person probably is going to pick it up and then the third one is when the show actually says yep this is what we did and it makes it it fits the context of the previous two reveals and also yeah, shouldn't yeah. feel like it's talking down to the people that got on the first two times. They should feel instead a sense of smug satisfaction that they solved the riddle. Sure. And the people that just are getting the, the reveal then don't should be feel able to, dumb. Yeah, don't feel like <laughs> they should be able to look back and like, ah. Yeah. So that's when things uh, happen really well. I don't feel like we made it far enough in the series three to understand that there it was going to fit that. Yeah. I definitely did not like the electric bill episode i thought that was very usual suspecty sure um it's weird though because there's things i liked about that episode quite a few things i liked about that episode actually such as um i really enjoyed kind of the games that murphy was playing with all the people in the prison i mean you can see he's a loose cannon right but the man was supposed to go in there and win the confidence of this guy and get a confession out of him and his first act was to get thrown into isolation (laughs) for 48 hours yeah i I forget where i was reading this but i wrote down a quote on what murphy is right because murphy's gimmick is that when our balding hero goes undercover he doesn't try to blend in if anything he becomes a chestier more aggressive version of himself and i think that's completely accurate but that's fine, except for there's a woman that is chained up somewhere in a basement dying. Sure. And, and if he gets himself this... thrown in to solitary for 48 That's hours, two she's more probably days. dead. Yes, yes, yes. And I just felt like that 
almost painted him as in like insane. Sure. Like I, either so dumb that he doesn't understand what he's doing or so not giving a shit that he's committing murder or he had he had the faith uh that his supervisor would be able to smooth things over the prison which yeah. is fine but the other thing is the other prisoners see someone like okay you should do three days in isolation for that particular offense and sure. you're out the next day that's kind of suspicious too definitely so i i felt like that i uh, i don't know i and, and just <laughs> um his blatant use of like reverse psychology on this guy. And then at the end where he employed the, come on, you know, I really, I'm not innocent. I bombed people and did all this other stuff. And come on, tell me, tell me you killed these women. Tell me. Sure. I just felt like that was really hand fisted and to the show's credit, it didn't work. Okay. But then again, we got the Kaiser Soze moment at the end where, yeah, yeah. You know, we find out that he really was the, and his, and not only that, but his wife was in on it. And, you know, I, I, I don't know. It felt it didn't feel like a real serial killer or something. A guy that killed that many people would do would do and have like his mm. wife and perfect two kids and they're going to go off. I mean, this happy serial killer family. Like, yeah, those people. Uh, I don't know. Um, did we answer his question or no? I feel like it. He wanted to know, uh, do we feel like this is and compared to other crime shows, a stronger, weaker I feel like it's automatically got a leg up over the law and orders of the world because it actually has a character that they're trying to focus on and tell a continuing evolving story through. Sure. So it's better than that. the pure NY, uh, the uh, CISs and the, you know, NCISs and the <laughs> law. There's NCIS, law there's CSI. Order. Yeah. Yeah. Very confusing. So I feel like it's better than that. But Which one has iced tea in it? I can't even remember. Probably is one that either special victims unit or LA or New York or Boston. <laughs> is there a Jacksonville, Probably Florida? LA. CSI Jacksonville. Uh, does she also wants to know what do we find it emotionally gripping? Uh, it's hard to when it's mostly procedural, certainly. Um, I think adding this dark tone to it kind of helps. Uh, uh, the, the first season I definitely wasn't emotionally gripped by. There was the a third very low season stakes. a little bit more, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there was certainly I was afraid for Murphy in the th- mm-hmm. third season, but not in this way that like I'd be afraid of for Walt White, you know? Yeah, you're not as invested in the characters, and, and that's that, that be becomes a big issue. Only seeing four episodes out of the series. Yeah, uh, he wanted to know: Did we find it darker than American crime shows? Oh, it's boy. certainly darker. I don't watch a lot, so it's hard to say. It it swears more. I don't know that it's any darker sure. than your average special victims unit where they're talking about rape and torture all the time. Sure. Uh, certainly not darker than like a Hannibal. Although, again, yeah, yeah. we have a fixation about you know using naughty words. So you'll find that uh, Hannibal is very sterile in language terms by comparison. Mm-hmm. But a lot of gore. Yeah, I mean. A lot it's, of that type of stuff roughly equivalent to a justified maybe a little darker than justified it's a little darker than justified i'd a say a little yeah um certainly there's it can't hold a candle to like true detective or boardwalk no. empire or anything like that where you know they just go balls to the wall and h that's and, hbo yeah, yeah hbo it's like you, you can't really compete with them sure uh does what we saw make us want to see the rest of the series for me uh, no because... i want to see the rest of that season Honestly, I, I would like to know what you th- what you th- say about it because for me, I found it extremely hard to get past the dialogue. It is. If I yeah. had, if I had, su- I wish I had subtitles because I'd watch it like a foreign film. 
<laughs> okay. Because I, you know, having to rewind habitually to get things like, for example, there's 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 a character called Kyle, mm-hmm. and then there's the character uh, Collard. Yeah, yeah. And with the Irish pronunciation, Kyle. 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 Yeah, brother Kyle. I, <laughs> I have no idea which one they were saying a lot of times. Sure, sure. Um, so I found it unless I could find something that had subtitles, I don't think I would, because it was, it was frustrating for me as that having that as a, as a barrier. Yeah. Honestly, I, w- I would want to watch through the rest of season three, see how that is, and then maybe give the rest of it a shot. Yeah. Although he, he says that the tone drastically changes in season three, right? I, well, that's well, kind of when it happened. Yes. I would s- certainly say that that's true. Like, so I, I don't know if I'd want to go back to season, season two. If you just saw the first two days season one, would you say that you had any interest in watching it? No, not really. So season three definitely gave you a little bit of more of a hook, a little bit grittier of a hook. Yep. You also, I want to know uh, if for us to take a look at how Murphy gets his answers out of people and what it costs him. How he gets his answers out of people. I would say he's very good at finding the right points of pressure to he either is. intimidate, to flatter someone's ego, to he understands appeal to people their greed. And, and how and they work. The way when he's in a tough situation that he thinks like a criminal. Yeah. Like and he's in a situation where guys are trying to kill him. He gets a momentary upper hand and then starts negotiating. Mm-hmm. This is going to cost him, you know, it's going to cost him more money and that. He's in a life or death situation, and he's talking about the price of the contract. I found that kind of amazing and interesting. Well, it's great cover, right? Yeah. Because a police officer would just want you to do the horrible thing you're about to do so he can bust your ass. Right. Whereas an undercover guy who's as good as Murphy is, is trying to pretend to be a criminal. And criminals don't care whether you kill the guy on the street corner. Mm-hmm. They want money. They want to get paid for it. Mm-hmm. So it seems like that's a perfect cover. Yeah. Even though it's counterintuitive, right? You would think, oh, save yourself. Don't get killed here. I also like, because I buy undercover cops, like, do drugs. In fact, I'm pretty sure, sure that's well-established they do. And there's a, that, again, that's according, half the perks just to go be an undercover cop. According to the Straight Dope message board, the way it works is if it happens, you report it to, immediately to your handler, and they treat it as if it's a, uh, a workplace injury. <laughs> and then treat it appropriately. Like, if you just took one bump of cocaine... But if you like are involved, and you went on a bender all weekend. Maybe you would get substance abuse counseling. Huh. Okay. So I thought that was interesting. But you can't hurt people. And a couple of times, yeah, like yeah. in the first, I think in the first episode, he was asked to go stick up a convenience store. Yep. Um, and he had this elaborate thing where he's like, you know, this is a candid camera prank. I thought it was pretty funny. And he's like, this is a fake gun. Uh, you know, yeah. you're going to give me money at till, but I'm going to drop this. This is like twice as much. It's free trouble. I'm going to drop it on the floor. You can correct it and be watching for it on BBC six or whatever later on. Uh-huh. And then the guy, after he does all that, the, the shopkeep pulls a gun on him and all of a sudden he's getting real bullets fired. He can't return fire. Yeah. I thought that was super interesting. And I also thought like the whole sting operation they did on uh, Holloway where they fake killed him. Mm-hmm. Uh, in such a way that, in fact, I had a lot of questions. Like, did they, did that being on film was that a screw up? Did they mean for that guy to find it? All that. Um, they yeah. they had a really slick way to have him commit heinous crimes without, without actually it actually committing. being a heinous crime. And I I kind of like that from a procedural mechanic standpoint. Sure. What uh, else do we have? I think that's about it. Oh, okay. Do you have anything else you want to say? Um, except not for. Really. Thanks to Shiki for uh, commissioning the thing. Again, another show that I would never have watched otherwise. Um, curious to see what Jim thinks after he sees a couple more episodes. Because um, I'm i kind of invested, but again, it was the dialogue that was 
uh, a bit of more of a chore, maybe because you speak Irish so well. Oh, of course. You're, you're yeah. able to, you're be more, a lot more flirt, fluent with Irish, the old country's dialect. Irish, the language. Yeah, Irish. <laughs> Gaelic. <laughs> um, but yeah, I find that pretty rough ho- hoeing. Um, I don't have a real solid recommendation of where you can legally watch this. It's almost impossible to find even a review of this stuff. I was trying to do a little research and see yeah. what people thought. No. Yeah. No, you can't dude, even find reviews. Yeah, do like some background and stuff. There's like no Metacritic page. Mm-mm. It's really bad it's kind of like one of those uh, i guess it's a hidden gem or if you're not from canada or the uk you probably don't even aware of its existence i wasn't um, but it's cool to see like all these famous people and see them in other contexts and other roles and seeing uh sir alistair thorne with hair yeah and not being a total asshole and with a smaller face to head ratio yeah it's like he went to the head shrink yeah he did <laughs> or he went to the head expander after that <laughs> this face stretcher <laughs> Um, we don't have any feedback, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. If you would like to send us a n- note, uh, you can do it at tv at baldmove.com. Uh, if you'd like to find out how you can commission a custom podcast on any roughly two hours worth of content, uh, that could be a movie. That could be your favorite uh, two television or two episodes of a television show. It can be a lot of short ones like uh, we had with uh, Metalocalypse. Whatever, go to subbable.com slash baldmove and find out all about it. Um, I'd like you to do 87 robot chicken skits <laughs> <laughs> spread across 10 seasons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That would be, uh, that'd be a logistical nightmare. Nail in a dick situation. <laughs> pounding. Uh, that's all I've got to say again. Thank you so much for, uh, sponsoring it. Cheeky. I hope we got yeah. you a little bit of what you're looking for. And, uh, that's it. Yeah. All right. Thanks a lot. And we don't have a good a way to wrap these things up because yeah. I don't I don't go into my pimping. No. Nope. We don't have a feedback section. It feels like it's I feel like I'm going outside without my pants on. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm let's get half, out of here. It's a half dressed podcast. Before this turns into a fully undressed podcast, <laughs> I'm gonna get out of here. Uh thanks again, Shiki. And if anybody wants to commission one, go for it. Until then, we'll see you. <laughs>